Man, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? I mean, if there's any reason that we're here today, it's because of that right there. So, very, very cool. And I tell you, do we love to celebrate? Do you guys love to celebrate? I mean, wow, that was resounding. Man, I want to come to your party. Uh, but I think today really is, I mean, when we think of the existence of this church and why we're even here, I mean, in my deepest heart and my being, this is the greatest celebration um, to know that God is like still alive and he's still loving people and he's still making himself known and he's still changing lives and that we actually get to be a part of that. And for those of you in this room who give your life um, to Christ, who have done that and then who are living it out in this church, don't ever forget, don't ever forget that every second you give, every dollar you put into the offering, every time you use your gift or sacrifice some time for what God's doing in this place, you lead towards that happening. Don't forget that. This is the greatest thing in the world. And I tell you, this is one of those things, like when we get to heaven, right? This is all that's going to matter. You guys remember that? This is the only thing that's going to matter. And, and, and all the other stuff that we're so caught up in and that we, we live for and we give our lives to, we just know in that moment isn't going to matter. But the people and the hearts and the souls of men and women and children that are going to be there with us is what it's all about. And so we celebrate. And this has been a great week and a celebration. I was just thinking, why do we celebrate? And I'm thinking we, we celebrate victories, right? You know, in sports or in politics or even in war, you celebrate if you're victorious. We celebrate new things like births and weddings and you know, ribbon-cutting ceremonies, because it's new. We celebrate great events, all the holidays that we have all year long, or personal things like birthdays and anniversaries. And so I'm sitting there thinking about today, how does this match, and why are we celebrating? Because are we celebrating a great event? I mean, we're celebrating the greatest event in human history. The fact that God himself would send his son into this world to save the world. Right, and Jesus, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. And we celebrate, in a rare occasion, someone's death. We celebrate the fact that God himself would die on the cross, even though he's the only one who should never have to do that, that he would do that so that we don't have to die. This is the greatest event, you guys, in all of human history. Because when he died, he rose again. He was resurrected from the dead. And he's alive today. And that very event in human history has changed the world. It's changed the world. So are we celebrating? Man, I'm telling you, if you're a follower of Christ today, when you watch baptisms, this is the greatest thing to celebrate, to remember too. Not to celebrate everybody else who was just up on the screen, but I know for me, to celebrate just for me that Jesus would die and rise again for me personally. Are we celebrating a victory? Absolutely. What Jesus did when he died, the scriptures tell us, is then sin and death were defeated. The power of sin in our lives destroyed. Death, no longer anything to fear. It's an amazing victory. And then freedom and power now to live. So we got a great victory to celebrate. And are we celebrating new things? Are we celebrating new things? I mean, these lives now are forever united with God. 
and they weren't before. See, that's new. Man, you celebrate new things. This is the mystery beyond mysteries. The mystery that somehow Christ, God, is in you, and you are in him. And once that happens, you're completely different. You're absolutely new. It's a spiritual reality. And I don't know if you're here today and you're wondering, if you feel like you're on a, we, we call it like a spiritual journey. And I feel that like a lot of people get on a spiritual journey. Can I just tell you, today what we're going to talk about is there is an actual spiritual reality. A spiritual transa- transa- tra- excuse me, transaction that can happen in your life that's real. And when it does, it's new. And so we celebrate that. Let me just pour out for you the passage I, I, we teach all the time when we go through baptisms. It's Romans chapter 6. And I just, I just want to read verses 3 and 4. It says, don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, that we too may live a new life. Let's read this again. Let's read this again. Don't you know? Now again, so let me just tell you, if you're here today and you, don't, and, and you have not yet had a, had a spiritual transaction, you haven't put your faith in Christ yet, you haven't trusted him yet, this is great stuff for you to hear. This is what it's all about. And if you have today, if, you're a follow, if you would say, stand up and raise your hand and say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, don't you know? That all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus. See, that's why that was a symbol. You weren't baptized into water. You were baptized into Christ Jesus. He says, all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Into his death. So, in other words, when Jesus Christ died. Somehow when you get baptized into Christ, there is also a death that takes place in you. And it's the greatest death in the world. We celebrate your death. Thank you, Jesus, for killing me. I mean, seriously, because what died? This old man, this this person that could care less about God, this person that wanted to do their own thing, this person that was completely self-centered and lived for myself, This person who would run over other people or who couldn't forgive other people when they got hurt. This person that was separated from God is dead. And that's a celebration. And you guys know, if any of you have experienced that transaction, that is one of the greatest, most freeing things in all the world. To all of a sudden have this old person that screws up your life over and over again, dead. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what happens then? Don't you know that that happened? We were therefore buried with him. Done. Through baptism. Oh, but here, I I love that part. I got to tell you, this is what I love. You were buried with him through baptism into death in order that. Oh, there's a reason. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, that we too may live a new life. A new life. 
And I'm telling you, man, when you experience something new, you want to celebrate. And that's why this new life, you guys, there's another great passage in 2 Corinthians 5, 15. It says this. He died for all. This is the good news. Can I just tell you, again, if you're here and you're wondering about this whole Christian thing, and you're wondering about God, and is there a spiritual reality, and could you have a new life? Christ died for who? Oh, thank you, Mary. He died for all of you. There isn't like, um, you. Mm, not you. Um, no, he died for all. But here's the deal. So that those who live, sorry, I can't find my place. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you would raise your hand and stand and say, I'm a believer in Christ. If you are in Christ, you're a new creation. And the old has gone and the new has come. Can I just ask you a question today? Is there anybody in here looking for a new life? Anybody in here need a new life? Oh, I thought this was going to be a relevant message. Are you serious? Nobody in here needs a new life. You guys are totally set. Wow. Let's just pray and go home. Let me ask you this. Is anybody in here looking for maybe a new beginning? Anybody wanting like a new beginning? Okay, a little few, few more of us. A lot of satisfied people here. That's awesome. Well, I just want to tell you something. Whether you want it or not, God wants to do something new in you. God wants to do something new in you. If you don't believe in him, it doesn't matter. He believes in you. If you're sitting here today and someone dragged you, I saw your hear marks, right, out in the, in the parking lot, and you're sitting in here today and you don't want to be here, it doesn't matter. You don't offend him. He loves you. And he wants to do something new in you. And if you've been a Christian for so long, you're an old spiritual fart. He wants to do something new in you. If you're all spiritual and you don't need something new, guess what? He wants to do something new in you. If you don't think there's something new, you're desperately wrong. I mean, because how many of us like new things? Anybody in here like new things? Come on, you American. Raise your hand. <laughs> we love new things. I mean, right? The smell of a new car. Isn't that weird? You get in there, you're like, oh, i got to have that. The new car. We love new homes, right? I mean, I really, really, really like my home. But all I do when I knock, walk around my neighborhood is want what? I want that house. And I want that home. Oh, can you imagine if I had that? Some of you, it's just new clothes. That's just, you know, it rocks your world. A new job. Anybody want a new job? Yeah, new jobs. How about, don't raise your hand on this one, because a new relationship. You know, hopefully they're not sitting next to somebody who you want that from. But sometimes, you know, man, I just, this one's getting old, and I want something new. I, 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 for me, I am really driven by that, and it's kind of weird, not necessarily with some of the normal new stuff. You know what I love? I love new places. Does anybody else like new places? I mean, I love to travel. I love to go. I mean, Susan and I, we did our honeymoon in England and Scotland, and it was so awesome that we're like, man, we need to go back there. And I'm like, yeah, but there's new places. 
Let's go to Italy. You know, let's go to Spain, whatever. I want new stuff. I, I, I love about living here in Utah. I will never experience, maybe, I hope, I'm hoping I'm here like till I die, and I hope I live a long time, because there's so many new things, you know? I mean, we just hike and we see, and every time we go where something new is, you get excited about that. I like new food. Anybody like new food? I like new, Susan and I, every, every time, it's none, none of this chain restaurant stuff, man. We want a new restaurant. We want to go to a new local place and try something new. It's just weird. So I was sitting there and I'm thinking, why do we like new stuff so much? I mean, think, if, 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 go home and think about this. Why is it that new is so tantalizing? It's exhilarating. It's satisfying. It's kind of thrilling. I actually, I tried to Google and find out, and I found this one advertising company who tried to figure out why people like new things, because if I can figure out why people like new things, that's my job, and I can figure out how to help them do it. Well, here's some of the stuff they come up with. Why are we so enamored with what's new? Here's a few reasons. One, because what's new could possibly be better than what we currently have, right? I mean, I could use a new car, you know? And some of you are sitting there going, yeah, I totally knew a new job. If I had a new job, that job would be better than my present job. Oh, if I just had a new relationship, I know if something new was in there, oh, that'd be so fun, it's so exciting. Why are we so enamored with what's new? It's because we think that something new is going to actually bring happiness. It's gonna, and, and it does, it brings pleasure. Isn't that weird? I mean, something as simple as putting on a new shirt, and oh, that's weird to me. Satisfies us. Here's an interesting thing they said. Sometimes we're enamored with what's new because it brings respect and love and admiration of others, doesn't it? Oh, man, if I lived there instead of here, if I drove that instead of this, if I could only buy that pair of shoes instead of wear these, I mean, we think people will think higher of us. But here's what was so intriguing to me. There's a wonder and an excitement from something that's not been experienced before, Right? Why do I like to go to a new place? Oh, because I don't know. And that's part of it right there. I just don't know. It might bring something new, and that could be a whole other thing that would satisfy me, bring me new excitement. They said this, we love the passionate desire that we feel. In fact, some people are actually addicted just to wanting new things because of the, the thrill. Like, you get it, and then you're like, oh, crud. I need something new. And then you get it and you're like, oh, I need something new. Why? It's because you actually enjoy just the feeling, the, what they called a hopeful anxiety of imagining being fulfilled by something. And then they said this. This is a quote. But passionate longing is not likely to be sustained for very long when we regard the object as being unattainable. Isn't that interesting? Think about that. Passionate longing isn't likely to be sustained for very long when we regard the object as being unattainable. In other words, I got lots of dreams. Don't you guys have dreams? And they're kind of fun because you know they'll never happen. You know, I'll never live there. I'll never drive that. I'll never have that much money. I'll never, you know, but it's fun to dream about it. I'll never go there. Oh, but, you know, I can go to Barnes & Nobles and look at it. But when you think you might actually get it. Oh. I mean, right? How many of you watched the Olympics and just thought, oh, that'd be so cool? That'll never happen. But can you imagine the person 
that just missed the cut. I think, I think they showed one of the gymnasts sitting in the stands who didn't make the team. He'd be like the first. Oh, oh, oh. You know what he's doing for the next four years, don't you? You know what he's doing because he's so close and he could have it. And it's maybe attainable. And if it's attainable, then I want it because it'd be new and it might satisfy me and it might be better. Something you could actually experience. Can I ask you a question? Do you think you and I can experience God? Is it actually attainable? Attainable to have your heart and your life linked with the living God. And I'm telling you, if you've never had that experience, if you ever thought, like, why not? Why is it, why, why, I've never had that. Why doesn't this ever happen for me? Can I just throw out maybe a couple of reasons? One might be this. The Bible is very clear that this relationship, well, isn't that cool? I don't know, but you kept hearing it. Man, you know, I grew up in church, and I heard about God, and I believed that he was there. I just didn't know anything about this relationship. Yeah, I knew God, I, uh, I didn't know about relationship. Oh my gosh, I wonder how many of you sitting here today believe there's a God, maybe grew up in church, done the religious thing, and you're sitting there thinking, I don't know anything about relationship. Did you know what the Bible makes very clear is that the relationship with God is by faith and not by works. And I think that maybe one of the reasons you've never tasted the thrill of actually this new creation that the Bible says happens. The old is gone, the new has come. You can live a new life. And then you're sitting there going, man, I've been in church all my life. Maybe you even tithe. Maybe you do all this religious stuff. And I, I just think that possibly the reason that you've never actually tasted it is because you've been doing things. And you've actually never put your faith in Christ. You've actually never trusted him yet. Completely with your life. And received him by faith. See, because what Jesus said, he goes, if you're not born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. I don't care if you go to church or if you do the religious things. He goes, what has to happen is you need to be born again, right? Susan and I were walking down the street a, a couple days ago, and there was this grandpa sitting there with a two-week-old baby. See, that's new. Two-week-old <laughs> baby. No, but it's new. When you're born again, Jesus says, Something spiritually has to happen inside your being. And if that doesn't happen, then you can't enter the kingdom of God. You can go to church. You can do religious rituals. And those will actually really frustrate you and get boring and dull. They won't get new. You'll probably just quit going. But if you're born again, something can happen. It's relational and it's dynamic. So what does it take? What does it take, you guys, if you're sitting here today and you're going, I just don't, I've never had that. How can I actually have something new in my soul and in my life? Could my life be new? Come on, think about this. You're walking through your whole life by yourself, trying to figure it all out on all of your effort with not a real compass of what you should do or how you should do it. And then all of a sudden, in a moment, the God of the universe who created you and loves you and has a plan for your life and is holy and righteous and powerful decides to come into your heart. Do you think something might be new? I'm telling you, how does that happen? The first thing he says is this. 
the first thing you got to do is you just got to confess to him. You have, a, you have to have a time of confession where you sit before God and you say, God, I just confess to you. I haven't believed in you. I haven't trusted you. I have never surrendered my life to you. I definitely haven't loved you. And you just get it out there. You say, you know what? I confess with all the rest of them, with Pastor Dave, you know, that he's a sinner. I'm a sinner. And you got to tell him. And you got to confess that to him and agree with him that it's wrong. It was never the way you were intended to live. And then he says, and then you repent, you turn towards, you quit walking this way, and you turn towards God. And he says, so that your sins can be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So you got to have a time of that confession. And then you have to make a decision to trust him and to obey him. You have to surrender your life to God. And I'll tell you, right there is where the human, you can feel it right now. Those of you who have never done that, who the hair just went up on the back of your neck. It is the most difficult thing to do in all your life. The hardest thing that you will ever do is give up your life because you think it's yours. See, in its essence, that's sin right there. This is my life. This is about me. I'm in control. I loved it when, when uh, Beth said that. He finally is in complete control of my life. See, we believe he's God. And we believe that our life is actually in his hands. He created it. He sustains it. And it belongs to him. And he's the only one who knows what to do with it. And when you surrender it completely to God, guess what happens? You become new. You're a new creation in Christ. And the old is gone and the new has come. Your old life is dead. You've been raised with Christ so that you can live a new life. The life you were intended by God's power and his grace and his love. So what do you know? Really all that happens, you guys, is you receive forgiveness. And you receive the Holy Spirit into your life. Our first value here at K2 The Church is that you've got to receive. See, because if you just come and do, 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 God's up there going, man, I, you go. And when you're ready and you're tired and this just ain't working for you anymore, you stop and you turn to me. And you put down all the stuff that you're trying to do to make your life work. Hold up your hands and just surrender. He goes, I will come into you. That's baptism. Don't you know? You are baptized into Christ. You are enmeshed with him. You become united with him. He comes and he says, I make your heart my very dwelling place. It's where I live. And you will never be the same again. And I want to tell you right now, if you need a new life today, he is so ready to give it to you. Because God wants to do something new in you. If you've never tasted it. Now, how about for all of you who've tasted it? How about for all of you who said, yeah, I've been baptized in Christ. I've totally received Jesus into my life. I believe him. Now, how about you guys? How about me? Was that one experience enough? Do you go back and go, yeah, you know, 13 years ago, that was great. When, when, when's, your, when's your last great God story? Well, when I was in high school, do you guys really think that God's plan was to go, hey, 
Let's get baptized. Let me come into you. And let's celebrate your baptism. And then I'll see you in heaven. Good luck down there. Now go to church. Can I ask you a question in here? Is there any of you who are believers in Jesus Christ who could use something new? Yeah. All, all of you who aren't Christians, you see that? Do you see that? Happens once. But I think it's got to happen again. And again and again. Is there any hope? All you Christians, this is where I struggle. I've sat with God many times and I go, is this actually attainable? Or were you just teasing me? about this new life thing. Come on, if you, you know you've asked that question. Can I really, really, really live with incomparably great power in my life? With the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control? Can I really do that? Or is that just kind of like, oh, you know, oh, come on. Oh, you know, I just wonder sometimes. Hebrews 10, 14. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. By one sacrifice, by Christ's work on the cross, he has made us perfect forever. Whew! Okay, because that good news? That's really good news. Unless you still think... By one sacrifice, Jesus Christ did something that if I keep trying and get really good enough, he'll like me. Oh, weight, burden, no joy, no life. It's not new. No, by one sacrifice, all of my sin was in his body when I was on the tree. All of it. I've been made perfect forever. I have no fear. Do you know that? Do you have any fear whatsoever? You know, my kids, yeah, they have fear of me because they don't obey me. But they never have to fear whether they're my son or my daughter. And they never have to fear whether I love them. And if you've received Jesus Christ into your life, you are a child of God and you have nothing to fear. But what's true about someone who's been made perfect forever? We are being made holy. The journey's just begun. And this is the thing for me. I've always so hated this. And I know people even here have heard this from others. Oh, you're really excited about your, you know, the fact you become a Christian. Just wait. It'll wear off. Uh, are you kidding me? Come on now. Now, some of you are sitting there going, well, isn't that true? No, it is not true. Because if you've been made perfect forever, your journey just began. And you're supposed to be being made holy. God wants to do something new in you. Is that good news? Yes. And your spiritual life has been dry and God's far away. And you haven't had any story. You haven't done any. Oh. 2 Corinthians 4.16. Just give me a couple verses, other ones. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away inwardly, we are being renewed Day by day. Oh, come on now. Work with me here. Come on. If you thought, well, I got saved, got my ticket to heaven, and come on. We are being renewed day by day. 
Unbelievable. 2 Corinthians 3.18, all of us who have unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. What's happening? We are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. The actual Greek in the NASB goes from glory to glory to glory to glory. Does that sound like the old hat? Do you guys see these verses? You are being transformed. You are being made holy. You are being and I just wanted to say, I just felt like God wanted to say, let's, let's celebrate our baptism. Praise God for new birth. But now, if you've been born again, praise God that he wants to keep doing new things in you. God wants to do something in you. It was really fun last night. Susan and I got to celebrate a, a wedding, and it was so fantastic, right? Because it's new. But what's really cool was the day before we celebrated our nine-year anniversary, and so right in the midst of seeing the new wedding, we were sitting there with nine years worth, right? Well, you know, after nine years, you just need something new. Um, we're sitting there at the reception, and this bridesmaid gets up to give a toast, and she says this, hey, just want to let you know, I know tonight you guys think this is the most amazing and wonderful, it could never get better than this. She says, can I just tell you something? Years later, you're going to look back at this day, and you're going to say, that was nothing. And what was cool is I was sitting behind Sue's, and I watched her head go. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I know that marriage is struggling here. I know that. And I know some of you really do want a new relationship right now. All of you who are newly getting married, engaged to get married, can I just tell you this? It is possible in your physical human relationship to look back at that incredible day, which it was, and literally to look back into that and go, that was nothing. It's unbelievable what's going on. And I want to tell you, well, Susan and I were driving back, and she said, yeah, when I look back at my baptism, you guys remember your baptism? That was cool. That was cool. Oh, my gosh. That was nothing. I can't. Oh, Man, I just wish I could tell you the journey that you could be on if you really believed that God wanted to make you holy and transform you, that he is doing that. In fact, the verse says, all this is from God. I grabbed my Greek stuff and I looked up. Did you know that every one of those is a present past participle? P passive. Present passive participle. Aren't, you guys are like, wow. Thanks, Dave. You know what that means, though? That means that in that word, it is something that's happening now, but it's going to continue to happen, and it's passive, which means you don't do it, it's being done to you. He's making you holy. He's transforming your life. This is what God does. He is, wants to renew you day by day. And I just sit there and I think, man, I want that. How about you? Do you want to be holy? Do you want to be transformed? Do you want to be renewed? Okay, here we go. How? Oh, isn't this great? The answer. <laughs> Ridiculous. How? Colossians 2.6 says this. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. 
just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. Continue to live in him. I wish all of you just stop sometime today. How did you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? How'd you do it? Did you find God? See, you know, if you've ever really experienced God, you didn't find him. He found you. See, he initiates everything. But here's what you have to do, what you had to do when you received him, and here's what you have to do right now if you're going to continue to live in the way that you received him. What'd you have to do? You had to confess to God. I don't believe in you. I'm a sinner, and I don't trust you. And some of you right now who are children of God need to have a really good time with him of confession. You received him that way. You need to continue to live that way. And there's not one of us in this room who will ever walk with Christ without having to confess. That's ridiculous. But when's the last time you had a real good, honest talk with God and you laid out all of your stuff before him? Everything that's ungodly, everything that's unrighteous, everything that's selfish, everything where you don't love him most. I'm telling you, you want to be renewed and made holy? Then get the stuff, I'm trying to be pleasant, out and confess it to him. The second thing you need to do is then you need to trust him. Some of you right now, and I know for me, when I'm not being renewed, and when I know I'm not being made holy, when I'm not being transformed into his likeness, but I look a lot more like me instead of him, and it's getting really ugly, almost always I can find some place where I'm not trusting him. I go to church, I preach. But if I don't trust him, if I don't love him, what do I got? Nothing. And for some of you today, your old religious life is killing you. You just want to go golfing. You know, you want to buy a new car. You need something new. I need a new person. No, you know what you need? You need the newness that God will do in you. He will. He's always at work. So confess your sin and then trust him. Some of you know the step he's asking you to take, and you just simply need to take it. You need to determine in your will right here, Right now, before you walk out of the seat, that the area where you won't trust and obey him, and you know what it is, if, you, if that's your issue, you already know what it is. You need to determine that you're going to leave your self-worship right here. Right here. And you're going to walk out of here new. You're going to repent. You walked in serving yourself. You're going to walk out serving him. And I tell you, anytime you repent... He is faithful and just, and you will receive times of refreshing from the Lord, and it will be new. You know what else you got to do? What else do we do? How, how, well, 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 what else? You know the other thing you got to do? May I'm telling you, you got to be in here, and you got to be in here regularly. I, I'm, I feel like I want to say this to you every Sunday until you may, might believe me. Oh, no, I can have a really great life with God. I don't have to spend any time with him. It's not true. I'm telling you, if you don't know the word of God, the truth. There's so much stuff out there that's trying to help you believe things that aren't true. Man, if you're struggling right now, now with God and you don't think he's faithful and you don't think he loves you, you know what that's all about, don't you? The spiritual enemy is lying to you. 
And how do you battle that? I'm telling you, when I doubt God and I don't believe him and I'm scared, I just want to bag it, pick up my family and move to some easy place. You know what I need to know? Right here, right now. He loves me, and I, this is, his word is what I need. And some of you go, well, I know his word. Well, good for you. Guess what? It's alive and active, and it actually only works when you spend time in it. And I'm telling you, I'm your, I, I, I know this stuff, but if I don't sit with God every day and let him speak to me where I'm at right now, I got nothing. His word is alive and active, you guys. You want a new life? You want to be renewed and transformed and be made holy? Then what you need is the word of God speaking to you directly, right to your fear, right to your doubt, right to your questions, and right to your sin. And he'll do it. And then you know what it says? Here's the fourth thing. You need to fix your eyes on what is unseen. You know why we're not new? Because we're living for the world. We just live for the world. We become friends with the world. And when we become friends with the world, what's the scripture say? You're an enemy of God if you're a friend of the world. And for some of us, you know what? Our eyes are so fixed on our present circumstances that we can't remember that we have an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Right? That verse that said we're being renewed day by day, it says that for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, these Olympics are kicking my butt. I'm watching guys and women stand up there with gold medals around their neck, and they absolutely did what? They gave up their lives. They beat their bodies and got up at ungodly hours and only ate healthy stuff. They trained and they were in pain and agony, and they focused all of their energy to have a gold medal placed around their neck. And the scripture says, and what are you running for? Run in such a way to get the prize. These guys ran for something that's just going to be gone. You run for a medal that will last forever. And my question is, do you? Yeah, but you know, my, my, my life with God just isn't very good. Well, what are you living for? We got to run hard. And here's my last one. What else you got to do? Get ready for some pain, baby. Get ready for some pain. You tell me one of those Olympians got the gold medal with no pain? Ate whatever they wanted, got up when they felt like it. No. There's some pain. You know what the Bible says? I love you so much, I'm going to discipline you. And he ain't going to like it. It's not going to be pleasant at this time. But later on, however, it'll produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. Do you want the harvest? Do you want to be made new? Then get ready for the discipline. You know, he, he says, it's like fire. Fire has to come. It's fire like, oh, yeah, if you're close. But don't stick your hands in it because then it burns. But fire is what God uses to get rid of all the junk and it rises it to the top so you can confess it and get it out and be made pure. So Mike and the band, come on up, you guys. Praise the Lord, God Almighty. He died, and he rose again, 
And some of you are sitting in here and you've been baptized into Christ. And you've been made a new creation. And we celebrate with you. You are new. You are a child of God. And you forever will be. You have been made perfect forever. I see a few of you out there. But you're also being made holy. And you're being renewed day by day. God wants to do something new in you. And in this moment here, right now, if you've never received Christ, you've never received his forgiveness, I want to tell you right now, you could have the living God dwelling in your heart if you will confess your sin to God and receive his newness, receive him into your life. And all of you who are followers of Christ and raise your hand and said, I need something new. I don't know what your issue is and I don't know why it isn't new. But I can tell you this, the four seasons, there's winter, but there's spring and there's summer and there's fall. And then there's winter. And then there's spring. See, God created something to let us know. You might be in winter right now. You might be in fall. But if you'll keep with him, you'll hit spring. Mike's going to lead us in some amazing worship. We, we worked hard at picking these songs to give you a chance today to trust God and to believe that he wants to do something new in you. And in this moment right now, to actually worship him. And not sing songs. Worship him. Take what's going on in your head and in your heart right now. And then express it to God. And believe. And whatever you brought in here that's not of God, this is your chance right here, right now, to leave it here by the choice of your will. And to walk out of here with a determination to receive the power of God and his forgiveness, and whatever is new for you. We're going to take our offering while we do this first song. And I'm going to tell you this probably every week now too. You guys, again, you are not giving money to God. Jesus said, if you put offering in where your treasure is, is that's where your heart is. One reason maybe something's not new is because you've not, you haven't let go of something in your pocket for like a really long time. Because it's yours. It's yours? You really want to stand up before God and go, that was mine. No. My heart is yours. And this is one way that I express that. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. If you're here visiting, don't worry about the money because we don't want your money. He doesn't want your money. But if you want to give your heart, then probably your money, I guess, should follow, apparently, according to Jesus. And if you're ready for that, let's do it. Let's stand up and let's worship together.